Welcome to Ohanka. My name is Maggie and today we'll be speaking with Kristen. Welcome Kristen. So tell me what kind of art do you do? So I design and create a lot of sewn items, mostly different kinds of scarves, tote bags, accessories, things like that. Awesome. And my next question is, how did you get involved with that? But take us way back. We, we love childhood stories. We really want to know what, you know, your early, earlier signs of creativity looks like. Okay, well, that's easy. When I was a kid, every summer, I would spend a week with my grandmother, my mother's mother, and she taught me how to sew. So I would say maybe when I was seven or eight years old is when she started to teach me to sew. My mother already knew how to sew and had a sewing machine. So once my grandmother taught me, I would play around on the one we had at home and every summer I'd learn more. So she really instilled in me my love of sewing, which I did up until I went to college. And then when I was in college, I majored in English and I used to write short stories and poetry. And I thought that's the direction my creativity was going to take. And then, like I usually say, life happened after college. Yeah. <laughs> there was um, a recession. It was hard to find a job in the field I wanted to. And then I ended up you know, moving on, getting other jobs, getting married, having kids. And the creative side was disappearing. And it wasn't until I was in my late 20s, just about 30, where I realized I still needed to be creative. And I went back to sewing. I always had a sewing machine. So I went back to sewing. I started sewing things for around the house for the kids because I had a baby on the way and a toddler. And then as life went on again and they got older, that's when I started creating scarves, mostly for myself. But I enjoyed it so much. And I got compliments that I decided to start making more, doing craft shows. And one thing led to another. And I realized I thought I wanted to be a writer, but really I just wanted to sew. <laughs> so I full circle right, right back. <laughs> awesome. And so just to clarify, you were born and raised in Rhode Island? Yes. Yes. Cool. So I was born and raised in Gloucester, Rhode Island, out in the woods, country nice. girl. <laughs> <laughs> and where did you go to college to study English? I went to Rhode Island College. Okay. And so you wanted to be, you wanted to be a writer after graduating. Either a writer or get into editing. I really enjoyed editing. And like I said, there were no jobs available and I love Rhode Island. So the jobs weren't here and I didn't want to leave for them. So okay. I became an office manager instead. <laughs> Changed careers completely. Okay. And so before later in life, when you actually turned your sewing into a business, were you still trying to sell your work or were you sewing just more for yourself? And you mentioned for your kids, but how about when you were younger? Did you ever have aspirations to, you know, eventually turn this into a business? No, that was never anything that was on my radar. It sort of organically happened, which was nice because I was making and creating and getting an inventory. And at first you start giving them as gifts. So the, the process of designing and creating is what I found was what I needed to do. It relieves okay. my stress. It's who I am. I feel very authentic when I'm designing and creating. So no thoughts of creating a business. I was a stay-at-home mom for years, just working part-time jobs to help our income. And I would give a lot of these creations away as gifts. And then you get to the point where you've given everyone you know a scarf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting with my husband one day, and I think it was my husband who said, why don't you start selling them? 
So that's what I started doing. I have a lot of creative friends that were doing craft shows. I've always gone to craft shows. So it was kind of an organic step to say, okay, why don't I apply to a craft show, get in one. And then it's been 10 years that I've been doing the craft show circuit and selling on my website. Yeah. Okay. So did you take a break from sewing between when you were younger and then when you started sewing again, when you had your own kids or were you still sewing on the side for yourself? Oh, I took a complete wow. break from sewing and my creativity went into writing for those years. And even when I got a job in an office, I was still writing and, you know, in my own spare time, because I always need that creative outlet. I think everyone needs some kind of a creative outlet. So I was writing just for myself. And then it just wasn't going anywhere. And that's when I realized, let me go back to the sewing machine. I, I moved it with me everywhere I've ever lived. I'm not using it. Yeah. Let's break it open and see what happens. <laughs> and what was it like to start sewing again after, you know, years? I started with very simple projects just to get used to the machine again. But it really, once I sat down, it came right back to me. And I had a very old machine that my grandmother had given me that was in the family. It was an ancient machine. And um, when I was pregnant with my youngest son and nesting and making things for the house and so all coming back, I treated myself to a new sewing machine. Awesome. <laughs> that just felt amazing to have an up-to-date. It was still, it was a simple machine. Since then, I've graduated to an even better machine because I did turn it into a business and I want to have yeah. a quality one. So yeah, it all came back. Wow. And what do you think it is about sewing that satisfied your creative side more than writing ended up doing for you? I love to see the product created from design stage to end. And I know with writing, you can do that too, but it just wasn't, I wasn't fulfilling that. I wasn't finishing poems anymore. I wasn't finishing stories. I started a lot of things and I never got them to completion and it just sort of unraveled. So I think with the sewing, first of all, I love the hum of the sewing machine. I find it very meditative. Okay. I think that it was my relaxation space away from the kids. You know, when you have young kids and your kids are busy, it was my own little oasis. So it was meditative. And yeah, then I could create something start to finish and see this finished product. And that gave me a lot of joy. And then when you give it away or then sell it, then you get even more joy, especially when you meet the person who buys it or receives yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, you're right in writing the whole, like the process from start to finish, most of it happens in your head. You know, even if you do use outlines and planning, it's much le less physical and tactile than sewing can ever be. So I absolutely recognize that difference. Yeah. You're right. So it satisfies on more levels when you go looking for material, you're seeing them, you're touching them. So it is, you're right. It's very tactile. And I respond yeah. to that very well. Okay. Awesome. So you started working at craft fairs, like tabling with your with your products. When did you start, you know, your website, your brand? How what were those first steps like? Was it intimidating? How did that work? It was a little intimidating because I always saw this as a hobby business. I didn't know if I could do it full time. I wasn't quite sure where I was going with it. Honestly, I still haven't sat down and done the five-year plan that I'm hearing I should sit down and do. <laughs> But the leaps that I have made in the last few years, so I started the shows about 10 years ago, and it was about five years ago that I very fortunately won a raffle at one of my kids' schools when they were in high school, and it was a gift card to a local graphic designer. And I'd already been thinking, I need to brand myself. I'm obviously going to keep doing this. This feels right. I had, every time I ordered business cards, I made them a little bit different, 
So I was finally coming into my own brand. I love hummingbirds. So I knew a hummingbird needed to be part of my brand. And I love every color of the rainbow, every single color. So that was a nice open door because I didn't really know what to do next. I met with her and we worked together. She designed me my beautiful logo, which is on my cards and on my website now of the multicolored hummingbird. And that really helped me realize okay, this, this is a real business. Because like I said before, I didn't have a plan for this ever to be a business. It just sort of organically grew. And then once I got my brand and now I was using purple bags and purple tissue, you know, extending that brand to every show I went, I thought I need an actual website. So two years ago is when I started a website where I can list the shows I'm in. I can now list the stores I'm in. I really do need to spend some time bringing it up to date after 2020 when (laughs) everything changed. Um, So yeah, so five years ago, I got the brand finally solidified. And two years ago, I got my website up and running. Okay. So what are some difficulties you faced in pursuing your selling as an actual business? Some difficulties are balancing my sewing business, my craft business with my full-time job. I do have a full-time job because I need to have that for many reasons, for the income, for the benefits and all of that. Um, So time, time is a huge balance for me as I'm sure it is for so many other people. (laughs) Absolutely, especially artists, yeah. Ah, So, you know, I saw a meme recently that really summed it up and I'm probably gonna ruin it to say it. But it was something about how all the tabs that are open in a creative person's mind with all the ideas and the notebooks that you have with all your ideas, which I have several because I can never find the first one. So I've started many of them. Um, But then the time itself that you can actually dedicate, there's always more going on in your head and in the notebooks than there is with the actual creation. So I've learned to be patient with myself because I don't want to stress. This is my stress relief. This is my meditative time. This is my time. So that that was a has been a struggle. When the kids were younger, I didn't want to take any time away from them. They're older now. Um, but because I didn't want to take any time away from them, I made my studio in the dining room of our house so that I would always be accessible. So even though it's my space, my time, mom was accessible. And I've never changed that. Now that they're older, it's such a nice habit. So that helps me to balance because after dinner, you know, the family can be in the house, we can all be talking, but I can just go off in the corner and still do my thing. So. Okay. Awesome. And is that still, so that's still your workspace in your house, like the dining room, we have your little corner. Yes, we, I actually refer to the dining room as my studio. <laughs> oh, awesome. Perfect. My mom, my mom is an artist and she has also completely taken over the, the dining room table. And, and yeah, I, I also agree with that. You know, when I'm like working in my space and she's in the dining room, we'll, we'll chat every once in a while, but we still each have our own spaces, our own work bubbles. So I, I, re- yeah, I relate to that kind of atmosphere. Nice. So you're not completely on your own. You're still interacting, which I like, and yet you still have your own space. So, and yeah. with COVID, when everything changed in 2020 with COVID, I decided to rearrange the studio because I knew we weren't going to be hosting anything. We only use our dining room maybe three times a year. That's why it was okay. the perfect space to take over. So three times a year, I'd have to pack up 
everything wow. if yeah. we're gonna have company for a holiday. So I just redecorated, moved all the furniture around, added some cubbies and shelves. There's a shelf behind me, added some things. <laughs> now it really does look like a studio. I don't know if it'll ever go back to being a dining room. <laughs> Maybe it shouldn't then. Maybe it shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> And what are some people, or maybe even just one person that has particularly influenced your, your pursuit of, of your sewing business? Oh, wow. There have been several people. There really have. Um, no one famous. <laughs> no one that you'd probably know. Um, when, when the kids were young and we lived in Cranston, we live in Coventry now, but when we had lived in Cranston and the kids were young, I had met another mom through a library group. And her kids were the same age as mine, toddlers, and she managed to quilt. And before I met her, I thought, even though I was sewing again, I thought, I won't do any big projects because I don't have time. How do you do that when you have little kids? And she inspired me because she was turning out these huge king-size, queen-size, beautiful quilts. She would just go downstairs and quilt when the kids were asleep or... They were just playing, so she was still a hands-on mom and doing everything that she needed, wanted to do and needed to do with them. So she was the first one that inspired me to realize, okay, I need to make a space yeah. that is where I could be with the kids, but not when they need me and do my own thing. So she was a huge inspiration. Uh, my stepdad was a huge inspiration. Before I got married, I lived with him and my mom and he used to teach at RISD and was an, is, was an abstract painter. And seeing an artist who pursued his art full time, so actually I should have started with him because that was before, <laughs> gave me the idea that yes, you could actually pursue art as a full-time job. He taught and he created art. And I'd never met anyone like that before. So he inspired me. Then this woman, Kate, that I met, who was a quilter, inspired me. And then I think sometimes, you know how if you buy a new red car, suddenly you see red cars everywhere? everywhere yeah. you go. Once it all clicked and I realized, yes, I can make the space and I can be creative and I can add this. There's no need to wait. I was waiting. When I'm older, I'll quilt. When I'm older, I'll do this. And I realized, no, the light bulb went off. I can do this now and I need to do this now for my own self. Suddenly, I started meeting more creative people and seeing what they were doing. So definitely people started inspiring me after that, probably too many to name. And when I started doing the craft show circuit, one of the best things about the craft show is the networking with other artists and learning how they do things and where they do things. And so I've been inspired by many people since then. Awesome. And what about the inspiration within your own work? So besides the fact that the process itself is very relaxing for you, what inspires and motivates the creation of your, of your scarves and of your artworks? Sometimes necessity. So okay. I like things that are creative yet practical. So one of my scarves, I make these very pretty, I think. Very pretty, <laughs> ribbon, yes. <laughs> ribbon beaded scarves. And that came out of necessity because one summer I still needed something on my neck when I was in air conditioned places because it made my neck feel better. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I need something, but it's the summer and you want something light and pretty. And so that was necessity that then sprang into creativity. What can I make this out of? And that became one of my main lines of scarves because they're so different and you can wear them all year round. They're not for warmth, yet they're practical and they're pretty. Yeah. So I like when you merge practical and pretty together. 
sometimes it's so sometimes it's necessity other times it's just I see a color or I see a fabric and I want to do something with it I don't always have a scarf design and then go find the fabric to make it many times when I'm in a fabric store or if I'm upcycling something because I also make tote bags I forgot to mention that if I'm upcycling something into a tote bag sometimes it's I see the fabric and I'm inspired to make something out of it. Sometimes I see it clearly what needs to be made out of that. I had some beautiful um, jackets at one point, very thick women's jackets, and I turned them into tote bags. Some had embroidery on them and some had brocade on them and some were chenille. And this was several years ago. And I just, I saw these jackets and all I could see was tote bags. So sometimes that's my inspiration when I see something and I can tell what's in it. Okay, gotcha. Well, tell me a little bit about your tote bags because you've talked a lot about scarves, but what other products do you also make? So the tote bags sometimes are upcycled, like I mentioned, or made out of upholstery materials with different trims. I make them all unique. I never make a tote bag the same twice. Um, in the winter, I make wrist warmers, which are fleece, wrist, again, pretty and practical mixed together. Um, I had heard a long time ago, someone made me aware of in Northern China and Northern Scandinavia and these Northern European countries that people wear something over their wrists and by covering both pulse points on your wrists, it can warm your whole body. And I thought that's perfect. And I'm always cold. So that's perfect. I find that is a huge seller in the winter shows when I was doing the winter shows, because it's something simple and yet it's pretty. And yet it's practical, <laughs> all mixed together. Since the pandemic started, I did start making masks. At first I made them to donate because there was such a shortage. And I was donating them to a local oncology clinic because the nurses, I knew an oncology nurse and they felt terrible that they weren't allowed to give masks, any of their own masks to the mm -hmm. patients. And in the beginning, the patients were having trouble finding masks. So me and another creative, we were making masks and donating them and giving them to friends and family. And then it just turned into one more item because it seems like it's something that's part of our culture now and probably will be here for a while. Um, I have bowl cozies, that's a new item. It's sort of quilted. I do love to quilt. I don't sell my quilts. I quilt usually for family and friends and just for my own artistic pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, but the bowl cozies are a small quilted item that you can use. Um, if you have a microwave and you reheat food in the microwave, you just put this, you put your bowl inside the cozy, you can mm -hmm. reheat it and it's like its own pot holder. So again, I make them out of beautiful fabrics. I look for the most eye catching, you know, pops of color and beautiful patterns. And yet it's very practical at the same time. Okay. So those are all the products. I have so oh no I have one more new item uh, this was a request from a store that I sell in they asked if I would make keychain fobs that are wristlets so it's a wristlet with just the keychain end so that you can put your keys on it and put it on your wrist so again pretty <laughs> and practical I always, Very always practical where I get <laughs> where I yeah, end I'm up sense, I'm sensing a constant theme here yes. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of beautiful colors and patterns what are some visual themes that you tend to lean towards and you tend to make more of, if any? Bright, bold colors are what I work with the most. So whether it's the ribbon scarves or the totes or even the bowl cozies, I love really vivid, beautiful prints. 
batiks are a huge favorite, which is not something I can typically work into the scarves because batik is usually cotton and it's too stiff. You don't get a nice drape on a scarf. But with the bowl cozies, I can work that in. Or with the keychain fobs, I can work that in. Very eye-catching. The colors of the rainbow is kind of what I always go back to. I think that's why my logo kind of sums me up because if I were to set up at a table with all of my scarves, I've got every color covered. So I usually put out my scarves in the order of the colors of the rainbow wow. and it makes a nice display. And it just, that's who I am. It's every color I can get my hands on. I will make something out of. Awesome. All right, so what is your ultimate goal for your business? Right now, I think my goal is to, to keep it where I am as far as I feel I have a good, clear brand. I have my website up and running. I want to always enjoy what I'm making. I don't want it to feel like a job. I want to still have that wonderful spark of creativity, go back to my notebooks, make a new product that I've thought of. So I want to stay there for a while. Ultimately, I would like to just sell in stores and online. I think I've exhausted the, sh the show circuit and I'm getting a little bit older and my kids don't, they're not around to help me set up the shows anymore. <laughs> yeah. So even though I love the interaction with people, that's what I'm gonna miss. The interaction with people at the craft shows, it's time to turn away from that and focus on reaching people through stores like Ohanga and online, whether it's through another store online or my own website online. So ultimately, selling more, reaching more people, but never feeling like it's turning into a burden of a job, staying fresh. And, you know, I have so many ideas. I guess ultimately, I'd love to make everything that's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's so inspiring. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Do you hope to turn it full time? would like to turn it full-time after I retire from my full-time job. Okay. Practicality of needing that job and the benefits that come along with it. You know, I'm only 15 years away from retiring. So I feel that with the stability of that job, I can continue to play with my business and come up with new products and stay where I am and grow. You know, I don't want to go backwards, stay where I am and grow. And then I could see it being a full-time pursuit because hopefully I'll have more time on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what do you want your products to mean to uh, your customers? Products became favorite items to them. I would love if they purchase a scarf for themselves and they love the texture, they love the color and they find they're always going back to it and it matches you know, their favorite outfit or when they put it onto that outfit that it matches that they look in the mirror and feel so good about themselves. Or if they buy a tote that it's their go-to tote and it's their favorite. And I hope that people can connect with something I've created. It's an extension of myself and I hope they can connect with that and maybe find an extension of themselves too. And it just becomes something that they love and enjoy or they gift it to someone and the recipient has that connection. That would oh. make me happy. I hope they get joy from it, basically. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right, and my last question is, is there anything else you think that's important to know about you or your creative pursuit or your story? I think that the only other thing that I'd like to add is 
I love Rhode Island and I love everything Rhode Island has to offer. It's the smallest state as we know, and yet we have so much creative talent here, so much natural beauty here. And I think that anytime a group of creative people get together, especially a nice like Ohanga is doing with a local group of creatives, to me, it's kind of a dream come true because you're, and hopefully we'll be able to see each other more in person as time goes on and we can all get to know one another, Having that network, I don't even know if I have the right words for it, but I just find it so comforting because everyone who's creative has their own creative path. And yet when creatives get together, there's an understanding, I think, and an acceptance. And we just, we accept wherever anybody is coming from. And I just find that to be a safe and inspiring community. So I'm very happy about that. And we have a lot of that here in Rhode Island. And thank you for making another one here in Newport. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for trusting us to make that space. We are, we're very excited about all the great places we'll go. Um, all right.